0: All right, so we're going to get right into it this morning. Are you guys ready? Okay, so we are in a series called Instant, right? We just came through a series called Blurred Lines. If you are visiting, let's just take a second. Let's welcome everybody who's visiting today. Um, Oh, come on. We could do better than that. Mariah, what's up? I know you're watching on live stream. I saw you on there. We love you. Um, And then if you are in the overflow room, let's welcome them. We know there are some people who are... Word on the street is we have snacks or having snacks, so if you love snacks, then the overflow room might be for you, so praise God, but we're glad to have you today. Um, the title of the sermon this morning is Whose Dream Is It Anyways?, and so we came through this series called Blurred Lines. If you haven't listened to it, download the podcast or listen to the podcast. I don't know what the trendy way to say that is. Do we still download things? Okay, cool. So... Um, listen to the podcast. It's awesome. You'll be totally inspired and set free and challenged. And now we're in a series called instant, right? Because after you experience freedom, there's a journey, right? Freedom is a journey. Say that with me. Freedom is a journey. Freedom is a journey. And that's why we don't yell at people when they mess up, right? That's why we don't kick people when they're down. Because guess what? We need the same grace that we've been recipients of through Jesus, and we need to give that same grace to others as they're along their freedom journey. So uh, the title of this morning's message, this is the, the, I almost said season finale. Oh my gosh. This is the serious finale of Instant, and uh, we are going to just close it out strong this morning about process, and the title of this sermon is, Whose Dream Is It Anyway?, whose dream is it anyway? So if you are taking notes, I want you to write that down. That's a question that you might just kind of resonate on all week. And so through this series, we've been following the story of King David. And because the Messiah, Jesus, comes from the lineage of David, we've been kind of drawing this parallel through this series all about David and Jesus and how Jesus has been our redeemer and And so we're gonna dive into that a little deeper. And today, we just wanna teach a little bit on on a principle that's kind of guided us through our journey of leadership and growth and discipleship, and it's been this. So if if you're taking notes, write this one down. Valleys require encouragement. You need encouragement in a valley. But when you make it to the rooftop, you need accountability. So, I'm gonna say that again. Valleys require encouragement, and rooftops require accountability. So, let's say it like this at every level, there's a process. Before success, there's process. And guess what? After you have achieved whatever you feel like your level of success is, there is a continued process. You never arrive. I guess there, in my more naive years in college, I thought there'd be this point. You know that scripture where it talks about, and he lays me beside green pastures along water, blah, blah, right? You know that? In my mind, I thought I was going to come through college, come through all this stuff, and I'd just be with my laptop in the green pasture, loving life. But that's not the case. At every level, there's a process. And so life is a series of rooftops and valleys. So, you know, I remember when Michael and I were first married, we went through like our first little crisis, and my, one of my family members said, keep your safety belt on. Because once you get through one, get ready. You're going to go through another. And that's just, this, that's just the season and cycle of life, right? There's valleys and there are rooftops. There's valleys and rooftops. And so life is just a series of those up and downs, but we're faced with a choice sometimes between a dream and a fantasy. A dream and a fantasy. And so we're talking about dreams and fantasies in the context of our future, okay? And so we've watched a lot of our friends over the years ditch the dream for a fantasy, right? Ditch the long way, ditch the marathon for the 5K. Ditch the process for an instant. And so we were, at, we were in our apartment the other day, and I literally, I'm kind of embarrassed that I said this. But you know, it's just us, right? So I can be transparent. But I, I, I looked at Michael, and I said, you know, I'm like, if our apartment had like one big closet, a dishwasher, and a tiny balcony, I think I could live here forever. And Mike looked at me and he was like, Jules, that's a totally different apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had this moment where I'm like, okay, that's a fantasy. I gotta love it. <laughs> well, you know, for now. And so we were just laughing and laughing and laughing because in my mind, I thought I was being low maintenance, right? But in his mind, he's like, okay, well, that's pointless to think about right this second because you're not going to get the permits for those. Hello, New York City, right? Y'all laughing because you've been denied. And so sometimes we're like, well, if my husband had a six pack or if my significant other was in better shape or, you know, if I had a better car, I would just be so happy. Guess what? Wherever you go, there you are. So the same things, I hear this all the time in ministry. Well, if they would just let me do this, I'd be fulfilled. No, you wouldn't. You would be dealing with the same discontentment because it's a root issue. And so this morning, you have to be, I'm challenging you. I'm lovingly challenging you. Stay with the dream. Don't ditch and abandon God's plans for your life for a fantasy. Okay, so let's go a little bit deeper. Um, Dreams... Generally, think through plans. So we have some friends who are building their dream home right now. And it's beautiful, and it's gorgeous, and it's all the gold fixtures, ladies, that you could ever want. They're back, just so you know. I grew up in the 80s. Everything was gold fixtures, and my mom was like, rip them off. We need silver. And now everything, just paint them. It's fine. And so it's so beautiful, and I love watching their journey. But but this plan started three homes ago. So they were counting the cost and going through this process three homes ago. And so I love watching their journey unfold because it's calculated and they're thinking about every step and it's process, 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 I love it and I love watching their journey. And so dreams generally will think through plans but fantasies really don't think through steps and generally leaves a lot of collateral damage. I remember one time we were, I went to the car to go get something, and when I did, my husband, I don't know if you guys know this, Pastor Mike, the guy who is is preaching the tithe message, um, he is a awesome guitar player and worship leader. Did you guys know this? He was in a rock band. He was in a hardcore band. So he's got like a lot of hidden crazy talents. Anyways, I go in the car one day when we were newly married, and there's all this guitar equipment. Mike made a rational decision based on a temporary feeling, a fantasy, right? He just seen himself playing all these things, you know, wasn't thinking about it, went to Guitar Center, suckered him in, swiped his card. He's like, my card just fell through the little machine. But I can't hate on him too much because I myself uh, had this Uh, vision of this great bag that I saw at Macy's and I was just oh I want this bag I couldn't stop thinking about it and one day after work this is years ago you know when before like when we had credit cards and stuff and I uh I just went there and I was like I'm doing this (laughs) and that bag took like two years to pay off this was before Dave Ramsey (laughs) Dave Ramsey would not have been proud And so we also did this with a puppy, right? We're just going to go see. (laughs) Fantasy. We were not thinking about the collateral damage of the payments that come after the purse. Where am I going to put the guitar equipment that my wife's going to complain about for four weeks? That one's free. (laughs) What are we going to do with this puppy when it poops all over the house? Like, what are we going to do? A fantasy. I want you to ask the person next to you, whose dream is it, anyways? Okay, so we are going to go. If you're taking notes, Second Samuel, chapter eleven, verse one. And while you're while you're finding that, so while you're maybe your Bible glows and you're looking it up, and if you don't have a Bible downloaded on your phone, just Google it. It's totally fine. God loves Google. He loves that. So it's Second Samuel. Chapter 11, verse 1. And so we follow this the story. We've been uh, through this series, we've been learning about David, and we've been <clears throat> talking about how he went through the valley, and, and he had to decide to leave the sheep to accept God's dream for his life. And so you can reference back to the earlier podcast. And he was the youngest son, which meant according to the Israelite culture, his duty was to watch the sheep. That was his generational obligation. And so that would have been his job. But he heard about this giant that was taunting them in Israel. He goes to deliver lunch. And then all of a sudden, fast forward, he's the one who kills the giant. And so at some point, he had to deny his earthly dad's expectations to fulfill his heavenly father's dream for his life. And so I'm going to ask you just some rhetorical questions this morning. Whose dream are you living? If you're living one based on your feelings every which way, could it be that you're living in a fantasy and not a dream? Have you counted the cost? Do you live where you live because someone pressured you? Do you work where you work because someone pressured you? Do you dress how you dress because you can't get off Instagram and stop looking at the fashion accounts? I've unfollowed and followed so many times, guys. I'm preaching to myself this morning. Do you act like you act because it's the cycles in your family? Do you remember the last time you had a dream with thought, with prayer, with godly sorrow, with, with just even asking God what he thinks about it, or have you been living in a fantasy? Let's just look at the timeline of David's life. It says that, uh, you know, yes, he was rejecting his, family, his, his family's dream of, of, of keeping the family business, right? Keeping the family business, carrying on the family name. And so he had to pull back from that, and over and over you see David accepting God's dream when he kills the giant. You see David accepting God's dream when he was anointed by Samuel, even though he was the least likely, and even though he wasn't called to the first gathering. And you see David accepting God's dream when he was honoring King Saul, even when Saul was wrong, and even when Saul tried to kill David. A dream will humble you. A fantasy will puff you up. You find David over and over and over rejecting the fantasy and accepting God's dream and destiny for his life. And David was really, really, really good at this before he was king. He was good at handling pressure in the valley. But let's see what happens when he finally is elevated to a rooftop. 2 Samuel chapter 11. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. I'm going to read through it really quick, but we'll break it down in just a minute. In the spring of the year, the time when the kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, and David remained at Jerusalem, Say no, he didn't. Okay, church of the real today. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house. And he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman and said, is this not, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. And so David sent messengers and took her and she came to him and he lay with her. And then she returned to her house and the woman conceived and sent and told David, I am pregnant. The rooftop can be more dangerous than the valley at times. David wrote, I will fear no evil in the valley but accepted evil at the rooftop. David knew how to deal with the valley, but he couldn't handle the responsibility at the rooftop. In the valley, he feared no evil, but the rooftop, he accepted evil. We're in a series called Instant, and we're talking about the process. And we have no trouble with the process when we're trying to get ourselves out of a mess. We got no problem. And when we're in lack or we're trying to build something or we're trying to break something in our life or we're trying to change our situation, we will follow a process to a T. We will receive the rebuke. We will heed the correction. We will read the book. We will pray. We will listen to God. And then... Once we break out of the valley, the whole, the old job, the toxic relationship, the bad situation, the paycheck to paycheck life, we all of a sudden feel like we've graduated, right? And David had a process in the valley, but on the rooftop, the things that he quite hadn't worked out yet were exposed. And that he didn't have it all together. So let's just break down this scripture really quick. Verse 1, it said, when the kings went to battle, he sent Joab. Some of you are seeing a stall in your process because you're sending an excuse. You're sending a Joab instead of still continuing to show up. Some of you are sending a tip instead of a tithe because you're out of the financial crisis and you don't need God anymore. Yikes. Some of you are skipping out on the romance with your spouse because you're out of the marital crisis and you got your feet up on the coffee table and you're saying, well, we're not going to get divorced anymore. I'm trying to preach you to the next level today. Is this ministering to anybody this morning? Man, I'll tell you what, I'm a nice girl. I don't like to say them any more than you like to hear them, but I'm preaching to myself today. David had a process in the valley. Verse one. So it says that when you send someone else on your behalf, What you're telling God is I'm finished with my process. You take God off the throne and you put yourself on the throne. Instead of getting comfortable, I wanna encourage you, stay in the process. In verse one it says that in the spring, it was a season of warring at that particular time and you have to know the season that you are in. David was supposed to be warring with the troops. Don't let your want get out of your season. I know sometimes out here, trust me, I feel it too. I'm a mom of of kids and school and all these things, but here's here's the thing. It is hard not to keep up with the Joneses. But I was was telling Mike, I said, out here on Long Island, it's more like keeping up with the Kennedys. (laughs) You're like, oh, okay, well, fella, you may not drive a Tesla, but praise God. <laughs> praise God, you'll have a Geo Metro. I don't even know if they still make those. You got to keep them humble. No, just kidding. But sometimes you have the want, but it's a season of Warfare. Verse 2 says, late in the afternoon, he got up from the couch. I love it when the Bible calls people out. I love that whoever was transcribing this wrote, and he got off the couch. Like just that extra, not enough he didn't go to the war. He was also sleeping in the afternoon on the couch. It says, one evening from the roof, David was not where he was supposed to be that day. In the valley, you need encouragement. But once you achieve another level in your process, you need accountability. In the valley, you fight for the dream. But in the rooftop, you got to fight against the fantasy. It's a different fight. Do you understand me? Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? The process never stops. I want you to say it out loud. Fight the fantasy. fantasy. Things do not get easier the more successful that you get. The more success, more responsibility. The Bible talks that as we increase, so does our responsibility. And at the end of your current process, is not a nap on the couch like David, it's responsibility. You are now responsibility, you're responsible for the increased influence. You're responsible for the platform that God's given you. You're responsible for the business he's given you to steward and watch over with his resources. Now you're responsible for the people who are all of a sudden looking at you as you come through layers of victory. Responsibility! Not a sexy word, right? Whose dream is it anyways? I love that sometimes when we're thinking about the fantasy, we don't look at the details. We had a friend, he's like the king of Amazon. Do you guys have friends like that? They're just like the king of the internet shopping. Anybody else? You guys all know who I'm talking, like you know somebody in your circle who is like Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime. Like we get it, we get it. You don't go in stores. You're cool. <laughs> so, anyways, they, they show us this picture. Look at this couch I ordered. You're never going to believe it. I got such a good deal. So, we're looking at it I'm like, man, that looks awesome. I'm like, Mike, you never get us a couch like that. What's wrong with you? You know? And um, we got like internet envy, right? They get the couch delivered. You guys, it was the end of a sectional. <laughs> and we laughed and we laughed and we laughed and we laughed. But here's the thing. When you read the product details, you understand what you're getting. And sometimes with a fantasy, the enemy will show you something that you need right now, instant. But you don't t- he's never going to take the time because he's a stealer. He's a killer. He, he's seeking to destroy you. He's seeking to take your peace to keep you down, to keep you thinking that a process is going to mean that you have to have less. And God's saying, no, a submission to the process means I can trust you with more. And so the enemy is never going to give you the details. And you're gonna think that you're missing out on this big luxurious couch and it's something that not even one of your cheeks can fit on. (laughs) Somebody said, read the details. When we take a break from the dream, when we take a break from working on God's dream for our life, when we take a break from the accountability and the process, you are setting an appointment for a fantasy. Before David had a date with Bathsheba, he had a date with the instant. He wanted it now. And we get just enough success. It's the rooftop that can sometimes destroy more of us in the valley. It's not the low places that are going to take you out. It feels like that when you're going through it. But I don't know about you, some of the things I've been through in my life, I've looked and see how heavily that I had to rely on God and how good I knew him, that I was actually safer in the middle of that storm in God's will than I was when I got on the other side of it and distanced myself from accountability. (laughs) Just challenging you this morning. So you finally get the job, right, that you've been praying for, the one that you fill out the prayer card every week, and now it's not enough money. You finally get married and then decide, well, I don't want to serve anybody. You finally get the car and now you want a nicer one. You finally get on the worship team and now you hate all the songs that they sing. That wasn't any of you lovely people, by the way. I'm just kidding. David looked down at Bathsheba and said, I want her now. He wasn't thinking about all the collateral. He wasn't thinking about Uriah. He wasn't thinking about the pregnancy. He wasn't thinking about you know the death that could possibly be on the other end of that. He wasn't thinking about murder. He wasn't thinking about his troops. He was thinking about him. And so here's the thing. David's instant desire turned into an instant tragedy. Don't be swayed. By something easy come, easy go. David looked down at Bathsheba and said, I want her. And so he did that. He had a baby. The baby died. And when you follow the story, you see that in the Bible, there was someone else that was going to come out of David's mess. So this is the victory in it. No matter how many times that you've messed up, whether it be in the valley or on the rooftop, there is redemption. There is another chance. We serve the God of the second chances this morning. And I just want to encourage you. We're going to hear about Jesus and how he redeems us in our mess. He redeems us even in, our, in our, what we think is a, is a permanent thing and the enemy's just handing us a fantasy and God's saying, I have a dream for you. I have a purpose and a destiny for you. And so out of the lineage of David, out of the lineage of a failure, when you follow that line, you have a redeemer. He would succeed everywhere that David had failed. He would, even though David had defeat in his DNA, right? Failure. If you follow his kids and you follow all the the history there, there was also destiny in his DNA too. And there's destiny in yours. Generations later, You have a descendant of King David and his name is Jesus. He is a redeemer of all things broken, of all things lost, of all stalled processes. And so I'm going to read this to you in Luke 4, chapter 1 through 8. I'm going to read it through very quickly. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. David was led by a fantasy into a rooftop, and Jesus was led by the Spirit into a wilderness. Don't be distracted by instant. Read a little further down in Scripture. It says, he ate nothing, talking about Jesus. He ate nothing for those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. Here's the thing. Jesus ate nothing. Jesus fasted while David feasted. In a time where he was supposed to be at war with his men, he was on the couch, taking a nap, eating a sandwich, watching Netflix. The devil said to him, this is back in scripture, it says, If you are the son of God, this is the devil taunting Jesus, tell this stone to become bread. The devil will always tempt you at the point of your greatest want. It is no surprise that David wanted that. It is no surprise that you want to forfeit your destiny every four seconds for something that's way easier to grasp. Jesus was tempted too, and he was tempted with carbs. Which I totally, I mean, new level of respect. And Jesus answered, it is written that men shall not live by bread alone. Now we see Jesus from the line of David, from a line of failure, from a line of of defeat, embarrassment and shame. And David was being led to a rooftop, but Jesus was also being shown a high place. I wanna jump back into scripture. It says that the devil led him up to a high place. This is the, the devil leading Jesus. This is where he was tempted in the wilderness led him to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The enemy will pretend like he has more authority than he actually has. He's gonna show you that he'll show you how to do a relationship. He'll show you how to get back at your husband or wife. He'll show you how how to get to the next level. He'll show you how to grind. But Jesus says, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil says the word all and Jesus echoes God's words only. Fantasy says that you can have it all. But the dream says it is the only way to submit to God. Before success, there's process. After success, there's process. But where we fail, there is one who never, ever, ever Bales, who empowers us when we think we can't who empowers us when we'd rather have the fantasy who empowers us when we'd rather have an instant than a process to do what David couldn't do and we have this high priest today his name is Jesus he's available he's here and he wants to set you free this morning will you stand with me